Hi everyone, and welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe, and I know a fair amount about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but there's plenty that I don't know, and I'm hoping to learn some more from my guest today, Renell. This will kind of be a part two to episode 26, which was focused more on the current war with Gaza, and uh, we'll try to touch on some other aspects of the conflict here. Renell, thank you so much for joining the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so, Renell, I understand you recently wrote a paper on this topic for college. Uh, can you summarize what your main thesis was? Well, essentially, it was more of a, uh, an outline of the uh, history and the context regarding a lot of the, um, I say, well, most of the conflict that's currently going on right now with Israel and Palestine. Uh, it also, just as a sort of preface, preface, it hasn't always been Israel versus Palestine. It's been Israel versus many of the surrounding Arab nations. Right which as of the past 10, 20 years has gradually softened. And right. there is a relatively warm peace between countries like Egypt and uh, Jordan. And as we know, the Abraham Accords in 2020 with uh, the UAE and various other Arabic countries. And essentially what my main thesis is, is as a sort of, it's sort of a response to many people who don't fully understand the full context of how this conflict even began, how it started, mm -hmm. the full context of not only like, of not only, I guess, civilian casualties on both sides, but also context for um, why, why Israel is occupying the territories, why there's, you know, that whole thing going on there. So, yeah, that's pretty much my main objective. Nice. And, uh, wow, so there's a, a lot of places to, to get started there. Um, I guess uh, before we go through the whole history, or maybe we should start there. I don't know. I was just wondering because you said that hasn't always been Israel versus Palestine. It was Israel versus a whole lot of other Arab countries. What do you think is the difference between uh, this conflict that has kind of outlived the remainder of the conflicts that seem to either be explicit peace with or at least um you know no hostilities uh why do you think this one has outlasted i think the main reason if you'll notice throughout history religious wars are the ones that last the most so you categorize this as a religious war Essentially, yes. There, there is, there are, of course, many political influences. I'm not, but at the, the the core of the conflict, it is a spiritual slash religious uh, type of uh, conflict. If you'll go back in history, there was the Hundred Years' War in Europe, mm -hmm. uh, which was again over uh, religious differences, um, and there were again most uh, and you'll, the Crusades, which lasted literally hundreds of years. You know, there are many examples throughout history. Religious wars usually are the ones that last the longest. But are you saying that the wars with the other Arab countries were not religious in nature, but this one is? Uh, not. I'm not saying that it wasn't political. I mean, to be honest, it was. It was mostly political. But like I said, like at if you if you really dig at the root of it, it is. I think, at least in my opinion, it is uh, religious in nature. Interesting. Um, 
All right, I want to challenge that, but I also let, let, why don't we start from the, from the beginning, okay. and, uh, and and maybe I'll understand the perspective a little more. Where where, where do you want to get started? Uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> There's the early history, which I mean I, I don't have to outline too much about, but many people know the story of Moses, how they got into Canaan. Um, the first temple was built, I think, somewhere around. Let's see. Uh, I think around 1000 BC. Yeah, 1000 BC was when the first temple of Jerusalem was built. So just to, to um, put a plan, so Moses and, and Canaan, that's a, a biblical source. Yeah. Temple, uh, first temple. Is there archaeological evidence for first temple? I think for second temple for sure there is. For second temple, yeah, there uh, of course there is. But the the first temple, it's generally generally known through many like religious texts and also historical historical texts as well that there was a first temple but that got completely destroyed and in 1000 bc uh no it was later where it got destroyed but it was built in 1000 right, 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 bc right. and and of course there's ar- archaeological evidence for the second temple because you know they rebuilt it pretty much on top of the ruins the first one so yeah that's, that's okay. pretty much that yeah all right so that's a good place to start so then what happened <laughs> so, so <laughs> the, how how long were the Jews living in the the area of Israel, um, how how long did the kingdom last? So, if you include so, it was yeah. So around a thousand BC, King David um, becomes a king, and then he um, builds a temple, and then it lasts until around uh, one hundred and. 30 C 136 CE when the Romans completely decimated uh, the kingdom of Judah and uh, expelled the Jews mm-hmm. pretty much so it lasted a little over a th- around a thousand years pretty mm-hmm. much and all and by the time the kingdom of Judah was uh, decimated by the Romans uh, this was how this was at least 1200 years um, minimum after the Jews started inhabiting the land of Israel which uh, was around 1300 BC with Moses when he began to uh, <laughs> to lead the uh, Israelites into the desert, and Islam was established. I need to I need to make sure I got this. Um, yeah, Islam was established in the seventh century. Right. So the kingdom of Judah was destroyed 500 years before uh, Islam was even established as a religion. Right. Um, and an interesting thing to note is that uh, the Romans renamed Judah to Palestina. Right. To Syria, Palestina. Um, and essentially that was it was, a, it was a it was a very political move. Right. And also it was essentially an insult to name the Jews after or the the land of Judah after uh, the Jews' historical enemy, the Philistines. Right. Um, and so there are many claims that um, there was a historic Arab nation of Palestine, and that is, that is simply not true. Who's made that claim? I've never heard that claim. You, you haven't? No. Mm. I've I heard mean, that, um, you know, that there was Palestine before there was Israel, but I, but I think, like, if you go... You know, Romans, Ottomans, uh, mm-hmm. British, whoever else was there. Right. Uh, it wasn't an, an Arab nation of Palestine, 
Um, I've never heard the claim that it was an Arab nation of Palestine. I've heard the claim that there were many Muslims and Arabs living there, um, but mm -hmm. I never heard that there was an Arab nation called Palestine. I've never heard that claim. Mm. Well, uh, I, I I have actually, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, no, there there are claims that uh, there were there was an Arab nation of Palestine that you know came before the Jews ever got there, or w or was. Or that was there was ever a sovereign nation there at all, like regarding like ancient history, uh, there wasn't. So the, there is a claim by serious historians that uh, that there was an Arab nation of Palestine predating the Jewish nation, or no, not not serious historians, just more more or less like a. a and, and a claim like, from ignorance, basically. yeah, okay, like Palestinian supporters. Uh, this it's not. It's not by actual serious historians who okay. would ever claim this. No, no. got it. Okay, yeah. so then, so that did I give like a good fast forward of like Roman uh, Empire, Turkish Empire, British Empire. Yeah, is right. that like? Yeah, is yeah. there anything in in that? There was in between the the Ottomans. There was the Mamluks. Yeah, uh, which was a Muslim kingdom who ruled over it for a little bit. Um, but that's generally that's not super important. Were the Mamluks uh, also an empire, or were they based off somewhere else, or were they uh, 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 locally? They, they were an empire uh, who controlled the territory at the time before the Ottomans took what over. What was the headquarters of the Mamluks? The Mamluks, uh, I'm honestly not sure. Honestly but not it wasn't sure there. No, it wasn't in uh, in Israel. No. It was okay. it was an outlying territory of the Mamluk Empire mm -hmm. essentially. It was a, like I said, never its own sovereign nation. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, so now uh, before the so so during the Roman Empire, the Jews uh, a majority of them were expelled, right? Mm -hmm. um, how what was the percentage that were expelled, and and where were they expelled to? Um, historical data, it's very unclear to get an exact number is a high percentage it's it was a very high percentage yeah but there were very there were a very small amount of jews however that were still there that were still there yeah and the people who weren't jews were arabs that remained yes and and romans or no they were just kind of like ruling but there were were the romans living there uh not not particularly no after they uh, they i mean they completely decimated um they pretty much almost raised it to the ground there was the, no there were no really romans living there for the many thousands of years that it was under ottoman and even uh part of the british uh, yeah uh, under the ottoman rule uh there was pretty much nothing there regarding resources and um and uh, agriculture it was just uh it, it was really just kind of a, a nothing land to be honest yeah, there were, there were some there were some folks who were living around the area, but it was not developed at all. There but was but Jerusalem there. was still a big deal, obviously, for the Romans, for the Muslims. Like Jerusalem itself was a, was a big deal, I assume, even throughout those years. Uh, as a historical site, yes, but as an actual like sovereign nation, like a civilization, there was pretty much almost nothing there. Like when when was the Al Aqsa Mosque uh, built? Um, yeah. Like yeah how long has that been in usage? Aksum Mosque was 
I'd say it was probably built uh, around the uh, 8th century CE. Okay, so that was during the Turkish Empire? Uh, the Mamluks. During the Mamluks. Mamluks okay, yeah. so I, I guess around that time, Jerusalem had to be a pretty big deal, I assume. Sorry. Oh. Uh, yes. Yeah, again, it was a big deal for the I mean, it, it was a big deal for Muslims, Christians, etc., and uh, as you know, in 1000, uh, 1000 CE, around that time, the, uh, the Crusades started. The Christians trying to take back Jerusalem. Take it back, right. Yeah. And now, uh, one last question about that time period. The uh, modern-day Palestinian Arabs, are they descendants of Arabs that were there during the Roman Empire? Or is that uh, disputed, or is that likely uh arabs that were there during the roman empire that's i don't i I, i've never seen any source pointing that uh pointing that there's any like evidence regarding their lineage going back all the way to the roman empire it i'm i honestly couldn't tell you yeah okay I, I don't know either. I, I imagine that's their claim. I don't yeah. know uh, if there is or is There's very it. little evidence or statistics regarding the population numbers and percentages um, right after the Romans destroyed Judah. Mm-hmm. There's very little. It's, there's, there, like I said, there's almost, there's a significant lack of information regarding uh, numbers uh, at that specific time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So now, when did Jews begin moving back to that area? So the influx of Jews um, began, at, it began around the 19th century mm-hmm. when anti-Semitism really started to ramp up in, in Europe. Um, and not just anti-Semitism, but like acting on it, like violence and, and killings that yeah, were that's carried out. People think anti-Semitism now, it's like people said something mean, but like people were like getting killed all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I have to clarify that. Yeah, that yeah. It's, it's people <laughs> like actual people acting yeah. on anti-Semitic beliefs. Uh, and, but as a result of the increased influx of Jews coming back to uh, you know, Israel, the Holy Land, uh, the Ottomans began to disallow Jews from buying land. Uh, and so... Many Jews started to make like really like backdoor deals with Arabs for purchasing of the land, mm-hmm. and they were still able to. There were still Jews who were able to uh, uh, migrate to uh, Israel at the time, and um, in around 1887 was also when the Zionist movement began, which, uh, as I'm sure you're familiar with, it's uh, the ideology that states that um, Jews deserve. Uh, their own land, their own sovereign nation of Israel, uh, that it's their birthright, essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, later, in 1917, was when the Brits uh, conquered uh, the Ottoman Empire and they conquered the land of Judah. And in 1915, the Brits promised the Arabs that they'd give them their own land, that they'd have their own sovereign nation, right? And then in 1917, the Brits then announced the Balfour Declaration, which was a promise to the Jews that, hey, you know, y- you guys will 
you guys will get your own land. And this 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 pissed the Arabs off because and were, b- both of these promises were the same piece of land. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Um, or rather, similar. The Brits, they never really took it so seriously, so they. They never really had uh, any specific outline until the uh, the Balfour Declaration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in nineteen nineteen, I think was the first recorded um, attacks of Arabs against Jewish settlements, with uh, suicide bombings actually. Uh, in nineteen nineteen. Nineteen nineteen, Arab nationalist groups started to um, as a, as a reaction to the Balfour Declaration. Yes, as a res- as a reaction to more Jews coming into migrate into the land of Israel, mm-hmm. um, and so a Jewish militia group called the Haganah was formed in response, mm-hmm. uh, which was essentially an early version of the IDF. Uh, and then in the twenties, there was a series of Arab pogroms against Jews, which I'm sure again, you know, is a series of organized massacres against a particular ethnic or religious religious group and mm-hmm. it's mainly been used to describe uh, ma- mainly of Jews essentially uh, and I don't know if if you heard the claim that there was no conflict between the Arabs and the Jews before the establishment of the state of yeah, Israel yeah people make that claim I think it's it's not true but it's still kind of relatively true because uh, there there seemed like there was relative peace compared to what it is today. Uh, no, no, there was not. It was not. It was not. Re- there were. There was constant. Uh, there was constant conflict throughout the the twenties to the forties. But it wasn't. It w- again, it was not full scale war because there were no nations there that existed at the time, pretty much. Right. So they weren't. They they weren't government uh, yeah. attacks. They were private attacks. It was just private attacks. Uh, essentially civilians uh casualty wise it wasn't as great as later conflicts but the attacks went the other way also right so that's actually was what i was going to get to uh the haganah was formed uh in i think 1920 but later on there were more extremist zionist groups that also began to form as a response to the arab attacks against the uh jewish settlements um and as as a response to the pogroms and those were extremist Zionist groups who actually killed innocent civilian Arabs. They were doing essentially uh, the same thing that the Arabs were doing to them. It was like fighting right. fire with fire. And uh, they had specific names, which I uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. It, there's so much. <laughs> the so groups? Much. The Huh? Talking about the the terrorist groups or the the, the Zionist events? the Zionist terrorist groups. Uh, there was Irgun. There was the Irgun. Yes, uh, yes. The Irgun. The Lecky. Yes. There was one other one. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, they were they were uh, dissolved around the time of the establishment of the State of Israel, 1948. But, but, but before we get there, so the. The source, why were the Arabs and Jews fighting each other during that time? Because so so far there was no, we'll talk about post-establishment of the state, people were displaced, talk about West Bank, mm-hmm. uh, you know, settlements, people say people are being displaced. But in 1910s, 1920s, we're talking about 
people purchase property and we're just living there or am I getting it wrong where 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 there's still uh, disagreements about who owned what property generally it, w- it was relatively peaceful because like I said before Jews made backdoor deals with Arabs about the land right like, yeah so, so what was the source of the fighting was just ethnic hatred or was it there like I think it was in part ignited by the British because they promised the Arabs their own land and the Arabs viewed their promise to the Jews that they would get their own land as a violation of the previous promise in 1915. Uh, but that does not, I guess that could be given like a reason to attack the Jews. Um, or that was their reasoning to attack the Jews, but I don't think it was justified at it's all. It's funny because, I mean, you mentioned that, uh, there's a religious component and it, it kind of parallels the the Isaac uh, blessing to mm-hmm. Jacob and, and Ishmael who, and the Wait, Jews no, Isaac, obviously are, are uh, not sorry no, the, no. The, Ishmael was Isaac's brother the oh that's true yeah. so it's, it's not an exact parallel it, <laughs> it's, it's because Esau yeah. Yeah, it is Asa. Yeah, yeah Asa. Jacob and Asa. Sorry, and Asaph, yeah. uh, but the but the Muslims claim lineage from Ishmael, not Asa. That's why the the parallel breaks. Yes, yes. But it is similar to that story where where uh, Asa and and uh, Jacob steals Asa's uh, blessing mm-hmm. birthright. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they did a deal, but yeah. you know, yeah. was it a real deal? Yeah, they tricked the father. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although I think. Um, Although anti-Semitism uh, regarding uh, Muslims against Jews is, has always been relatively prevalent throughout history, even before the 1900s. Prevalent throughout history, but but again, relatively peaceful. Like you, you yes. I, I say relative because yes. like if you look at all the Arab countries that the the Jews were expelled from when the state of Israel was formed, um, I mean they were third-class citizens, but it, it was still relatively peaceful. I mean, if you consider that peaceful they weren't being it wasn't like europe what you know but right um yeah yeah. relatively still third class yeah (laughs) Yeah. relatively speaking until 1917 when the brits uh uh, issued the balfour declaration Mm -hmm. which kind of set everything off um and in 1922, which was four, four years after the end of World War One, the Brits uh, were given a mandate over the area of Palestine, and they started w- to walk back on the promises of the Balfour Declaration. What do, what do you mean they were given a mandate? I thought they were already ruling it. What, who um, did the Brits get it? It was still it was still the Turks until 1922. Is that the case, or uh, I think it was just the British Parliament issuing it officially. Uh-huh. Like officially issuing a mandate, even though it was already under British control. Uh-huh. So the British, essentially, they separate the area of Transjordan um, from the land of Israel, and then they call it Jordan. Because before then, Jordan and Israel were sort of known, they, they were combined and known as Transjordan. I thought they were the known as Palestine. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was also known as Transjordan. Well, the tra- Transjordan portion of, of Palestine, but but I thought the whole area of, um, you know, from the the sea to the other side of Jordan right. were, were all, and even maybe yeah, some yeah, part no. of Egypt. Yeah, no, like here at, from this, ma- this map you can see uh, Israel, yeah, Transjordan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this yeah, whole yeah. thing was Palestine, which was a, a combination 
I don't know about this map because I don't think anybody was really calling it Israel at the time. Yeah, so I don't, think so. <laughs> I don't well, know about that map. It's but for modern, I guess, like to right. first to, so people can see, you know, the land of Israel uh, there. Um, so Britain basically gives uh, the land of Jordan to the Arabs, 1922. Right. Um, which, as you can see from you know this map, is a, it's a relatively well, large why, piece of land. Why was that separate from? the agreement with the modern day Palestinians, right? But I, uh, at the time there was no people called, the, I mean, the Palestinians were everybody that lived in that entire land of Palestine, which Pretty in, much. In, included all, all of the Arabs of uh, this entire landmass, all the Jews that were there. So if they gave the Arabs a state of, of Jordan, like why wasn't that part of the same deal like why are there a different group of arabs that were um getting a different deal i I don't understand the separation because at the time there was no specific palestinian identity yes and i'm not saying that to disparage the current palestinian identity i'm just saying at the time there wasn't palestinian meant you lived in this land which was gigantic it's basically all of Israel, all of the Palestinian territories, and all of Jordan, mm-hmm. right? So, so why was there two separate deals? Why was why was Transjordan separate from the Arab state? Why weren't the other Arabs in the region included in that deal? Generally, I I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Why. I couldn't tell you the reasoning behind a lot of the Brits' decision making regarding this entire time period. Because later on, they would, uh, in 1937, with the Peel Commission, right? Uh, they suggested this weird partition plan, uh, as you can see here. Right. Like the blue highlight is what the Jews would get, and the rest is the Arabs, and the red, uh, the Brits would still retain control of Jerusalem. Yeah, so just to, for people listening, so we've got a map. The blue is uh, uh, basically the north and uh, western part. And uh, you're saying that was going to be um, given to the Jews. Given to the Jews, then the the rest of it, which is kind of the the central and and southern parts, including the Negev. But as we all like to say, that that's basically the desert. But um, mm-hmm. if you if you chop off the Negev, it, it, it looks like the Arabs are getting slightly more than half just from looking at it. And then um, Jerusalem is some kind of uh, international British-ruled area. Pretty much, yes. So there was a lot of arbitrary, I guess, land slicing during that time period. So this is the official partition plan? Yes, in 1937. So uh, so why do people say that the uh, Jews were were offered more than half of the land? If I'm I'm looking at the map that you're showing me, Mm -hmm. it looks like they're getting half of less than half of the land that's yeah that that's untrue that's just uh, a completely false claim that jews were given more than half. i think that's land. a problem here right that everyone mm-hmm. has a different set of facts that they're working with yeah it is it is a problem <laughs> pretty much <laughs> misinformation etc cetera, etc cetera. but it, um, but like i feel like there are some things that are easily easily um researchable and then you can say well i think it was a good idea i think it was a bad idea but wh- why do people have different sets of facts is it is it disputed? Is there a, an alternate set of facts? I think that um, I think that facts can be uh, misconstrued either by 
you know, basically a long game of telephone or deliberately misconstrued to um, to benefit one side over the other. Yeah. And and when this uh, was offered, mm-hmm. right, w- what year was this? This was in 1937. 1937. And what was the uh, demographic breakdown of, of Jews and Arabs in uh, the area? There were far more Arabs than Jews. Essentially. Like... like uh, was it like a 70-30 or what was it like a 90-10? It was closer. It, w- it was like 70-30 or 80-20, 70-30, something like that. Yeah. Okay, so so Jews are, are uh, a little less than a third. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that the Arabs were the, the vast majority. And we're talking about specifically where, where Jordan is already Jordan. Jordan's Jordan, yes. They, so they Jordan is already split off. Yeah, it's already split off from them. Was Jordan a separate country before the 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 British and the the Romans? Like, was was Jordan previously its own country? Is that why that line was drawn there? Uh, it was. It wasn't. It's. Uh, it was not. It was just all all part of the the amalgamation of the land of Palestine, pretty much. Right, before but I'm before before the empires. Like, was that was there a land of Jordan? There was no historical nation of of Jordan. No, I mean the the um. The Bible references the Yardain, but that could just be the river. I don't know. Right. Uh, I think uh, the kingdom of, of Judah used to be larger, mm-hmm. uh, th- and then it was split off into two separate kingdoms, right. the north and the south. Right. And so the the northern kingdom of Israel was wiped out by the Assyrians completely, mm-hmm. and it was only the southern kingdom of Judah that was left. Mm-hmm. Um so the northern kingdom of Judah, uh, there was uh, territory in what we know as modern-day Jordan. Right. They did, ha- they did have land in modern-day Jordan, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, at, at least three of the tribes were on the other side of the river, if I recall correctly, from mm-hmm. the original yeah. description. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Uh, so so uh, Peel Commission, Partition Plan... Um, the 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 Jews accepted the plan. The Arabs rejected the plan. When we say the Jews and the Arabs, who who are we talking about? Who's representing these people? At the time, they didn't really have uh, they, they they didn't really have uh, a specific government. But by 1937, it was many of the Arab uh, the surrounding Arab nations like uh, Egypt uh, who were. Um, who began to uh, become more involved in this uh, in this sort of regional conflict? No, but before the conflict, I'm saying like when they say, uh, you know, the the Jews accepted the partition plan. Mm-hmm. Who are the Jews? Who's who's representing the Jews? When they say the Arabs rejected the partition plan, who is representing the Arabs? Uh, there were religious leaders at the time in Palestine. Uh, the sheiks, I think, there mm-hmm. were would essentially be representative of the Arabs. Uh, is there a specific name of one one of them? Uh, bu- 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 was the the Grand Mufti guy? Was he involved? Or? The Grand yes, the Grand Mufti. Okay. Grand Mufti, yeah. And who and who was on the Jewish side? Was it like Herzl and those people? It was. Wait, Herzl, uh, Herzl died. You know, he died before. No, uh, Theodore Herzl was the leader of the Zionist movement. Right. Yeah, but didn't he, didn't he he? I mean, he died for sure before forty eight, right? Yeah, I think it was. 
um, what is his name? David Ben Gurion. Oh, so yeah. Ben so Ben Gurion was uh, uh, the the representative for the Jewish people. Okay, pretty much, yeah. Um, all right, so and so the Jews accepted the plan, the Arabs rejected the plan. Did that? Did the Arabs uh, give a counter proposal, or their counter proposal was we want the whole thing? Uh, the Arabs didn't accept it. They didn't accept the Peel Commission. Uh, the Jews uh, were content to take whatever land they got, but the Arabs uh, rejected it. But they rejected it because they they wanted the entire thing. Yes. Okay. Um, so then, what happened? So there there was another thing I um, wanted to mention as well. In 1929, there was a um, there was a, an anti-Jewish uh, riot in the city of uh, Hebron. Um, in which 67 Jews were killed. And after this event, uh, in order to try to quell things down and appease the Arabs, the Brits uh, began to restrict Jewish immigration. And they continued to do this all the way until, uh, you know, the end of uh, 1947, um, when they relinquished uh, control of the land of Israel. Um, so... Going back to your previous question, what was that again? Uh, what what happened after the uh, um, partition plan um, was uh, not uh, put into, was not enacted? What happened next? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, Jews uh, were trying to escape to Israel because of the growing anti-Semitism. So, well, as of 1938, you know, that really started to ramp up for obvious reasons. So there were many many jews beginning to migrate to israel and britain in 1938 under pressure from uh, various arabic groups decided to restrict uh, jewish immigration even more to 75,000 a year which was not not nearly enough to uh, save uh, many of the jews who were trying to escape the holocaust yeah and um and pretty much as uh the arabs were still still quite angry at the time that um, Jews were um, coming to flood in and um, emigrate to the land of Israel. And, um, and so World War II breaks out in 1939, and the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Haj Amin al-Hassani, uh, who, was, who was probably one of the most, probably the most influential, influential leader uh, at the time, Arabic leader in that territory, um, he met with Adolf Hitler yeah. Uh, to try to uh, get a holocaust, but, but in, the, uh, in the land of Israel, in the Middle East. Uh, try to lay out plans for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, as you know, the Nazis failed. Um, but they got, they got close. They were in Egypt. Uh, but the uh, Americans uh, were able to uh, drive them back. Um, and nearing the end of World War II, actually, the Jews rebelled against the Brits. Actually, rebelled against. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Interestingly enough, that the the Jews uh, uh, rebelled against the British because they were um, restricting immigration when there were millions of Jews who were trying to escape the Holocaust. Yeah. And so, 1947, the Brits decided, you know, screw it. This isn't worth it anymore for us, and we're going to just, you know, uh, retract our presence from there and leave it alone. And uh, so the UN then des- would devise a um, partition plan. So the, the UN 
Okay, so the UN partition plan is is different from the the Peel Commission partition plan, and the UN partition plan comes after the British have already left, or it, or or this is in preparation for the British to leave. This is in preparation okay. for the British to leave in 1947, and they basically, I don't even have a map of it, but from my sources, it would have just been a fr- fragmented mess. Um, and so the the Jewish representatives told the UN that they would take whatever land they could get or they would they would accept it but the arabs just can just they just refused and just continued to launch like some more low level attacks for about a year so how, how did it look compared to the original partition plan is this the one where the jews got um at least 50 percent of the land is that may- maybe i was confusing the two you probably might have been yeah so this yeah this one looks a lot more like 50 percent of the land for um Jews you see actually it looks a bit more than 50% for the Jews yeah interestingly enough that's the claim and then the the the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know the Israeli um, Hasbara of it is mm-hmm. that the, yeah. the, the it includes the Negev which is desert <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah the, the so as you can see here's the map the blue is Israeli territory the uh, the orange yellowish is arabic territory for the partition plan all right so there's there's four different there's three different colors there's four there's three different disconnected arab lands yes that's (laughs) what i mean by fragmented mess. Uh, (laughs) one is up north uh uh um i guess uh right under uh lebanon uh one is uh central i guess you know eastern Jerusalem and and West Bank area, uh, and one is Gaza Strip, and, and and interestingly, is this currently the whole Gaza Strip goes like that? It's uh, angular. No, the, I mean the Gaza. This is this is the Gaza Strip. The, like so this is not. Possible. Is that all Egypt? This now? is not. This is. I think this is. I think it's still part of uh, Israel. This this looks like modern day Israel, to be honest. This whole land, because uh, I know the Gaza has one border with Egypt, so I get maybe that's here. I guess. Yeah, that's oh, little okay. Little strip, yeah. So 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 okay. So it's uh, the north, the uh, eastern Jerusalem, and um, the Gaza Strip plus uh, a little bit of the Negev. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Honestly, it looks like about half to me. I'm just, but I'm just eyeballing it. it could be. And then the Jewish areas are uh, everything else. So it is uh, Tzfat, Tiveria, Haifa, uh, Tel Aviv, and uh, Beersheba, and the Negev. So, and then Jerusalem is uh, white. So I, I don't know if that means that it is kind of like a combination. It would be land. internationally governed. But, but you basically have many different geographic areas that aren't connected with each other. So exactly. Jerusalem is not accessible by Israelis. Uh, Gaza and Accra are, are not. Uh, <laughs> so, it, yeah, it is definitely like all over the place. Um, yeah, not a good plan. <laughs> the Jews accept it. The Arabs uh, reject it. Is this Arafat already? Who's representing no, the Arabs? Arafat is still is Grand Mufti? Still the Grand Mufti, yeah. Okay. Uh, Arafat comes around the 60s, I think, 60s, 70s, uh-huh. when the PLO was formed. So, um, and this is 1947. So the Jews, uh, they fought back. They were able to drive the Arabs out, and they... Whoa, hold on, hold on. We're skipping We're skipping too far. <laughs> oh. So the, the UN proposes this plan 
mm-hmm. the Jews reject it. I mean, accept it. The Arabs reject it. And, but then what? So British just pull out without full uh, acknowledgement of the plan. They just pull out. No, the Brit- yeah, the Brits just pull out. They they've had enough of this uh, <laughs> this sort of conflict. They realize that it's not worth it. Their presence there is just simply not worth it anymore, and they pull out. So they pull out in 1948 and 47, the, 47. They pull out in 47, and and the the Jews declare independence, or that they declare independence after they fight. The Jews declared independence, um, like I said before, uh, after the Arabs effused, um, there were still a bunch of low-level conflicts. Uh, the Arabs were launching attacks, and um, so were the Jews. And But the Jews were eventually able to drive the Arabs out of uh, their territories, and, um, and they were able to take over. And then what, what do you mean by drive them out? Drive them out of where? For what purpose? No, what do you mean? They were able to drive them out of um, of Israel, pretty much, of what is modern-day Israel. Which, which Arabs did they drive out? For what for what purpose? To take over the territories. Because they were they were continually launching attacks against the Jewish settlements, so they uh, so they took a, they took over the territories. Well, wh- which territories are you, are you referring to? I'm referring to uh, the territories that were still majority Arab uh, populated uh, in modern-day in what is now modern day Israel, but there are still um, uh, majority Arab populated I, areas in, in Israel. No, I, I know. I'm just saying at at the time, they were able to take over the, the land, and then in 1948, the establishment of the the official establishment of the state of Israel was formed. Where where did they drive them to? I'm 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 confused. I th- I thought they uh, when the war of independence began. Um, they there were certain uh, villages um, that either the Arabs were forced out of or or fled, um, and uh, and that I think that's like a major source of the conflict. Uh, but I didn't know that prior to the War of Independence, um, there was this expulsion, and I, I'm I'm not sure which areas you're referring to and where they were expelled to. Uh, well, so again, <laughs> if you look at another map here, uh, you'll see right here. Um, you'll see uh, the essentially the Palestinian um, loss of land from forty-six to forty-eight. But we're talking about um, we're talking about Palestinian control, or we're talking about property ownership. We're talking about um, wait, wait. What do you mean by Palestinian control? Like, just they they controlled those territories at the time. Yeah, you talk. Are you talking about who the government is? Or are you talking about who owns the land? Who owns the land? Pretty much. Um, yeah, but that's not true because, uh, uh, like, when if you look at Israel today, and it's showing like, oh, all this is Israel. There's plenty of Arabs that own land in Israel. No. Yes, I, I understand that. I know. But this was just at the time. No, but I'm saying if I look at today, so that can't be what these I maps represent. Because I, I, I don't know what that means. Because so at the time, there was no government. I'm no, s- right. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. But the, it wasn't like a, a sort of like a mass expulsion. It's just that Israel was took over the territories, essentially. 
it wasn't a mass expulsion, but they were, they still drove um, Arabs out of the land. Drove them where? They either went to either Egypt or Jordan at the time. Um, and this is out of everywhere. This is out out of. Uh, uh, all right, we we can move on. I'm just confused. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so. So May Fourteenth, nineteen forty-eight, was when uh, the British mandate officially ended, and um, the nation of Israel was officially formed. Uh, the there are, I'm sure you know the term Nakba. Mm-hmm. Right by the Arabs, and they're referring to the disaster, and it was actually coined by a, a Syrian historian um, named uh, Constantine Constantine Zarek, w- w- which in which he was describing the consequences of basically of the Arab nations declaring uh, war on Israel. Okay, uh, he was. Oh, sorry. No worries. Uh, he said uh, in his uh, book, The Meaning of the Disaster, the defeat, the defeat of the Arabs in Palestine is not a small downfall, Naksa. It is a, ca- cat- it is a catastrophe, Nakba, in every sense of the word. Zarek also wrote, Seven Arab countries declare war on Zionism in Palestine. Seven countries go to war to abolish the partition and to defeat Zionism and quickly leave the battle after losing much of the land of Palestine and even the part that was given to the Arabs in the partition plan. When the battle broke out, Zarek wrote, our public diplomacy began to speak of our imaginary victories to put the Arab public to sleep and talk of the ability to overcome and win easily until the Nakba happened. So... A lot of Arabs, uh, there were many uh, Arabic groups who used the term Nakba to, you know, describe how um, it was a disaster that the Israeli state formed. But when it was originally coined by Constantine Zurich, um, he, he used it in the way to describe how much of a failure it was on the, the Arabs' part that they, uh, that they essentially let this happen and how they were, um, they were drugged up or quote unquote drugged up dreaming of a magnificent past instead of um living in the present and looking to the future i hear that but mm-hmm. also i th- most people i've heard use the term nakba are, are referring to the uh displacement of arabs um and mm-hmm. uh whether or not that's how it was coined i i don't think uh i don't think anybody's thinking about um why the word was coined when they use it no I, i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> I'm sure not a thing to refer to, but um, but also um, before the Arab nations attacked Israel in 1948, they um, they encouraged many of the Arabs who were in Israel at the time, like hundreds of thousands of Arabs, to leave before they you know were about to raise the new nation of Israel to the ground, um, and. Uh, and in the the actual in actually interestingly enough in the founding documents of the nation of Israel, uh, it states that they 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 ask the Arabs to actually stay in Israel. They they ask them. Um, they explicitly state that they want a nation for all of our citizens, which includes, you know, the Arabs. Israel declares that yeah we're a Jewish state, but we want Arabs to stay and become citizens. Um, but still, that that wasn't enough to prevent the uh, surrounding Arab nations from declaring war. 
Yeah, and and also I, I don't I don't think it's disputed that at, at least a, a portion were were physically evicted from their houses because uh, they were considered to be a fifth column, um, you know. So whether they, in official documents, wanted them to stay in in action, I think they uh, they did kick probably most of them out. I it's highly disputed whether most of them were kicked out or either kicked out or they were they left of their own accord definitely because, a combination um, i think i think so yes i think there was a combination um but there were many who left because uh they were encouraged to leave by the surrounding arab nations before they were about to declare war yeah yeah so b- by the way so far i'm not seeing the religious conflict unless are you saying that uh one of the reasons that the other Arab countries joined in was for uh, religious uh, reasons. Um, so far, this is uh, seems very uh, civil or political in nature. But all, but all of this is essentially because because uh, Jerusalem and the land of Israel matters to both religions. Mm-hmm. This was how it was kickstarted. Um, Jerusalem itself, as a city, only started to matter at around 1000 BC when the first temple was built. Um, and to the Muslims, it started to matter much later when the uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque was built on top of it. So I think historically, why this territory is so fiercely contested and wanted is at the root, it's because Jerusalem and Generally, most of uh, many yeah. many territories in Israel is considered a um, religious staple in both religions. Right. No, that that makes sense, and I think that that plays into why this specific land is historically important to both populations. Yes. Um, but that is still not sufficient to explain the conflict especially because there are billions of muslims in the world and there's uh at at least a dozen muslim countries and and they're not attacking israel every day trying to take over jerusalem uh well i mean they they were many of them were but but they're not now not now um and and even um I guess I guess they were. So you're saying that the reason why they all I'm saying wanted to prevent the the Jews from taking over because the the countries, let's say, Egypt, Jordan, Syria, whoever attacked Israel when they formed, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't care when the British were in charge. They didn't care when the Romans were in charge. I guess they did actually. <laughs> uh, they didn't care when the Turks were in charge, but uh, right. when the Jews are in charge, they they had a big problem with it. Um, and I, and I don't know why, because the, the Jews weren't saying they're not going to let Muslims in to worship at their sites. That's, that's actually, that's what I was actually going to get to. Um, how not, not just that you, you make a good point as well, but also, um, now in the modern day, you see, um, the Jordanian governments and the Egyptian governments turning, turning Palestinian refugees away, um, and there's been there's been a lot of historical mistreatment of uh, the Jordanians against the Palestinians, but the UN never, I don't think the UN has ever really brought that up, whilst they have brought up constant um, accusations of human rights violations 
against the Israeli government, um, against Palestinians. Yeah, that, that's another thing I wanted to, to bring up um, about UNRWA and, and why they have their own separate uh, refugee oh group as part of the UN, uh, that all other refugees have are under a different group, and UNRWA has completely different rules, um, and the descendants of, of Palestinians are, are still get refugee status, even if they're citizens in other countries, they still retain refugee status, and it's the only refugee population in, in the history of the world um, that grows in size every year. Um, and uh, I, I did want to ask about that. I don't know if we're up to that yet. When was UNRWA formed? Was it formed right away in 48? or Ooh, UNRWA, uh, I honestly uh, I, I don't know when that was formed. I really don't. That's, uh, hmm. I know, I can't, I can't tell you when it was formed. Yeah, so I, I don't know exactly when it, it was formed, but it, I mean, it was formed as uh, a separate refugee group just for the Palestinians. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get to UNRWA uh, yeah. in a, a little bit later. Okay. Um, so we're, we're in 1948 right now. Yeah. You know, Arab nations declare war. It includes uh, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. Um, they there were actually I think Morocco as well uh, got involved in the uh, invasion of Israel. And uh, they openly declare that they just want to wipe them off the map, that they want to wipe Israel off of the map. Um, but they end up, but Israel somehow ends up winning the war, uh, and uh, and they retain uh, all of their land except for except for Jerusalem, except for the old city of Jerusalem. According uh, to my previous guest uh, David Reggae on this topic, there uh, the Jews were very well prepared for this fight and uh, the common understanding that it was an an uneven fight that was miraculous that the Jews won um, is incorrect. That's his claim. I haven't done enough research to... But have you heard that? Um, that the Jewish militias were very well trained at that time and the, Ar- the countries that attacked them had uh, uh, pretty uh, elementary uh, militaries that... Uh, it was actually a, m- a more even match than people make out. Uh, I actually, that's interesting. I haven't actually heard that. Uh, that, that was the first time I heard that also. Yeah, that's, like. that's very interesting. Um, I have no doubt that, um, but what I, what I did know before is that Israel probably was better trained and even better equipped because there's, n- because, you know, as much as miracles can happen, uh, <laughs> It can't just be completely like, you know, they just, it was just a bunch of farmers. Right. Pretty much, you know, that that's, I don't think that's true. But just the fact that it was five other nations. Right. You know, encroaching on, on Israel was what makes it very impressive. Right. Um, regardless of um, the Israelis being well-trained and well-equipped, they were completely outnumbered. They were completely, completely outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll even see the it's it's cra- it's crazy how um how much uh how how uh how do i say this uh, overwhelming uh it seemed uh but but israel as you know again they eventually won the war so yeah yeah and and during that war um uh, like we mentioned and I guess also prior to the war, 
uh, many Arabs were expelled or left, and uh, and those populations have been considered refugees even uh, to this day. Uh, their descendants, wherever they live, even with uh, citizenship in other countries, are are considered refugees under the rules of UNRWA, and even um, in places like Jordan, there is a uh, are several Palestinian refugee camps. They don't allow them to actually become citizens. And even in Gaza, which I, I just found out two weeks ago, or whatever, a month ago, mm-hmm. that there are refugee camps in Gaza, which is crazy. Is it like on the south, southern border? Or do you not know exactly where it is? No, like like they were talking about Jabalia refugee camp. Remember, mm-hmm. they, uh, there was a, a military strike. Uh, that's a, they say uh, Hamas is headquartered in Jabalia refugee camp. Right. That is a refugee camp from 1948 in Gaza. The the Arabs are in charge at, at least since 2005, even even before that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Israel occupied, but I think they had some type of their own government. But either way, the fact that they have a refugee camp in their own territory from 1948, and that's only one of, I think, six, it blows my mind. It's very odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. It's very weird. <laughs> like, you have to wonder what the, what's really going on there, you know? Yeah. I, so... Uh, the reason that, that okay so so but but anyway whether they live in refugee camp whether they live in in gaza uh or they they uh live in in west bank which yeah. was uh also um annexed during 48 war or was that six that was 67 no west so bank I'm, skip, was 67. I'm skipping ahead yeah. so that's part two of the problem so part Pretty one much. is already the expulsion from certain areas yes right um and now we get to uh, the 60s, which is when um, most of the major uh, conflicts and events begin to uh, happen in this sort of part two. Uh, so in 1964, the PLO was formed, Palestinian Liberation Organization. Um, just uh, for clarity here, they're, they're, they're just they're a terrorist group. Straight up, they're they're a terrorist group. They're not a liberation organization. They're not a well, one one man's liberation group is another man's, man's terrorist group, right? But but it's funny that you mentioned it right before I was about to talk about this, but Israel didn't control the Gaza Strip or the West Bank at the time. Right. They didn't. So what exactly was there to, to be liberated from? Well, um, West Bank was part of Jordan. Yeah. Gaza Strip was Egypt or was it was Gaza it Strip. No, no man's land? <laughs> uh, Gaza Strip, I think it was, it was still Egypt. So if, if but but in, in the map you showed, that was still part of the partition plan, right, between Israel and the Palestinians. So how did, how did Egypt come to acquire um, the Gaza Strip? Um, I... Honestly, I think because it was just kind of a, a no-man's land, it was bordered on Egypt, uh, Egypt just ended up claiming it as uh, its own territory there really wasn't much you know there there, there was no <laughs> there was no international um treaty or accord or mandate or anything like that so in, in 1964 uh the plo was formed israel does not control gaza or the west bank but israel controls um you know israel yeah in the uh yeah 67 borders. Yeah, it was so actually... So Egypt actually... Yeah, like I was saying, Egypt uh, 
controlled Gaza after the 1948 war. Oh, that's okay. What, that's what that, that, was a, uh, yeah. that was a that was an offer for peace type of uh, thing after the after the war. Uh, it, it Israel was, gave them Sinai and Gaza Strip in, in exchange for. Um, pretty much, yeah. Or there was like a ceasefire line. A ceasefire line, essentially, yes. So, uh, so the point is right. So Yasser Arafat forms the PLO, and and your point is that uh, Israel, uh, there was nothing to be liberated from, but but the point was that they wanted the entire land, and the uh, the Zionists had control over uh, Israel including the parts of the land from which Arabs were uh, kicked out of their houses or, or left. And uh, and what was the problem? They couldn't go back to their houses? Israel wouldn't let them? Or the they did they try to go back to their houses? What, like, what was the... Uh, between 48 and 64, um, did, did Arabs who had left their homes try to return to them? Um, I don't, I don't recall any, any source, uh, regarding Arabs trying to migrate back into, or to try to claim ownership of their, their homes from 48 to 64. So but the, the goal of, of PLO was what? For Israel to, to wipe Israel off the map. That was their, it's, that's their, that was their explicitly stated goal. To, uh, to have the and that and the, is this when the Palestinian national identity is born or was it before that? Um, well, I guess this this if if anything this this was probably I think the Palestinian national identity was probably formed s- nineteen forty nine because mm-hmm. I remember there was a um, there was a sort of a, a meeting between the Arab nations to um, to declare a, uh, a nation of Palestine uh, in uh, the West Bank and Gaza. Mm-hmm. So it started actually funnily before even the formation of the PLO in around 1949. Um, and, but yeah, like I was saying, the PLO is, is a terrorist group. They want to uh, eradicate all the Jews in the Middle East and you know, if they had their way, probably the entire world. What what makes them a terrorist group as a, opposed to a liberation group? They're targeting of civilians. Is that the the specific targeting of civilians, as well as calls for ethnic cleansing and genocide, which people on on the other side would say Israel was already guilty of at least ethnic cleansing, right? I mean, they were they're doing a pretty bad job of it. Of genocide, but of genocide of ethnic, cleansing. ethnic cleansing. Well, d- well, people will define ethnic cleansing as uh, uh, like like kicking them out of their houses in a certain area. I dispute it because that is for the purpose of of their ethnicity that they're doing it. I don't think that was the case, but uh, but people will make that claim. I don't think it's completely invalid. Um, well, I just don't like the word because I don't think it applies very well. Once again, like you mentioned before, there are two million Arabs currently living in Israel right yeah. now. So. By whatever definition of ethnic cleansing, again, Israel's doing a pretty bad job of it. Right. So, so yeah. Right. Okay. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Arafat, PLO. Yeah. Wait, wait, was there something you, uh, you wanted to say to me, like, before, or with that whole uh, issue of ethnic cleansing? 
Or no, I'm just saying oh. that people. Uh, you're you're saying that they're terrorists because they wanted to do genocide and ethnic cleansing, and I think a lot of people on the other side uh, would say Israel was already guilty of that by that point. Right. So, um, they also claim that Israel, you know, like they kill civilian, like they specifically kill civilians, and they well, they did. At, yeah. Right. There were uh, terrorist groups, like we've mentioned. Yes. No. But they claim that the government right now. Israeli government right now is explicitly just murdering civilians just for the sake of murdering civilians. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, people people have all sorts of opinions for sure. Correct. <laughs> yeah, but the reality is that groups like Hamas and the PLO were were actually doing that. We're actually murdering civilians just for the sake of, um, for the sake of terror, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but but like we mentioned, the the Irgun and Lachi were were engaged in that. So yes, and they, they they were. So funnily enough, so PLO had some. Uh, there there was some uh, uh, you know some other groups that were doing it before them. They didn't invent. No, they did not invent the wheel. They did not invent suicide <laughs> bombings. No, they did not. Um. So, f- another thing I. Oh God, I. Mm, I almost forgot. Funny. What, okay. What di- What was your previous sentence about? Because there was something I wanted to mention as well, but I, I forgot. Well, we were talking about Yasser Arafat and the formation of the PLO. Um, oh, yeah. So the thing about the Zionist terrorist organizations mm-hmm. yeah, uh, was that they, they were disbanded in like 1948. But there were still some remnants left, and the the newly formed IDF actually fought against them. It's a it's a relatively obscure historical fact, but they actually fought against um, the the Zionist extremist groups, and they were able to dissolve them. So that's also another uh, little fact in the yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, all right, we we we've been going for some time. Uh, yeah, we're we're just getting started with this. <laughs> so you, there's so there's so damn much. You know? um, <laughs> do you want to uh, go through the rest of it quickly? Do you want to do a part two another time? What what are you what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, because we we have to uh, go kind of soon, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I can go through the. Uh, through the 60s quickly okay because there's a lot there's a lot of like the 60s 70s uh, a bit of the 80s okay um because i i have a, like this, like entire giant sections dedicated to just the third gaza war uh-huh. and the 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 sort of machinations behind the, that conflict wow um yeah so we'll probably have to end up doing a part two or something I, i'm yeah. down yeah okay so um, Mr. Arafat. All right. So, I also believe that the PLO was a um, was a the formation of the PLO was a propaganda effort by the Arab nations mm-hmm. to try to sway the international court of public opinion to their favor. Well, know. I mean, this whole this whole war <laughs> from the beginning is a propaganda war as well. Of of course, <laughs> but but j- I'm just you're saying it was formed by external parties. Yeah, it was formed by the uh, Arab League of Nations mm-hmm. um, at the time. Uh, so, and Arafat himself was 
um, Egyptian or Jordanian or something, right? Was he uh, himself Palestinian? I think Arafat. I honestly don't know exactly his nationality, uh, but he was actually, yeah, he was born in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, he's Egyptian. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Um, so in 67, uh, the uh, surrounding Arab nations once again declared war. Uh, it was it was uh, it, it included Egypt, Syria, Jordan, and others, and so there were. You know about the Suez crisis, yes? Uh, go explain it. Okay, so the pretext for this war was um, was Egypt was creating a blockade in the Suez Canal and the Straits of Tehran in order to stop resources from reaching Israel. And they sunk around 40 ships uh, during that process. And in response, Israel invaded the Gaza Strip and they took control of the Suez Canal and the Straits of Tehran. And then in the months leading up to the war, Egypt would then announce they would create another blockade and Israel responded by saying that if, that, um, if they would try creating another blockade, it would essentially be a cause for war, that Israel would declare war on Egypt. And that was the Suez Crisis. And so as the Arab nations begin preparing for an invasion, Israel sees it coming and they launch a preemptive strike. Uh, and they destroy the entire Egyptian air force on the ground. And in six days, Israel is able to take the Golan Heights, uh, the entire Sinai Desert, all of Judea and Samaria, which is the West Bank. And uh, they take control of the Gaza Strip, as well as obviously taking over Jerusalem completely. Um, and so... Um, in what was supposed to be a war that was supposed to destroy Israel, they were able to, you know, uh, decimate the Arab forces in six days. Yeah. Yes. Um, so in the years that follow, Israel gives up um, a good amount of the land that they, uh, uh, that they took from the Arabs. Uh, Israel kept the Golan Heights because it was a strategic military necessity according to the Israeli government. Right. Um, so in later that year in 67 after the war the Arab League summit happens but do you want to say what other lands were given back or is that uh, during the summit uh, th this this comes afterwards oh okay this, like I, I said in the years that followed they eventually oh, okay. gave back got it so, this, so I'll, I'll get to that but later in that year in 1967 the Arab and, and League and also 67 is when the uh, uh, the West Bank um, was annexed, right? Uh, yeah, not, in the not six officially day war. annexed. I'm more so occupied. Oh, that was six day war. Yeah, hey, it was a six day war. Yeah, they they contr took control of the entire West Bank, Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so the Arab League summit happened, and they all agreed on these three no's. I don't know if you've heard of these. Yep. No peace, no recognition, no negotiation. Um. That poli the, those three no's was were the policies that continued to um, to be prevalent in many of those uh, Arab governments uh, until relatively recently, the past few decades. Um, but it's still in line with uh, groups like Hamas and um, other continually hostile countries such as like Iran and Lebanon. Um, so when when people call for a two-state solution. How, how how like how how would that how exactly would that happen when one side literally says no peace, no recognition, no negotiation? 
Well, the way it happens is if the 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 people who are in charge of that side don't say that. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Um. Oh man, Th- that I I don't know if we can get into that whole can of worms right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is this a good break point for a part two? Probably, yeah. But uh, so then, let me but just. No, uh, but oh, go I know ahead. I know that they're not saying that anymore. Like countries like Egypt, yeah. Jordan, I understand that they're not saying that anymore. But this is still pol- uh, like a policy that governs basically. It basically like Hamas um, and Iran and yeah. And uh, um, yeah, but it, but Lebanon. If, if that policy no longer governs Egypt and and Saudi Arabia and Jordan, you know, if other countries are not governed by that anymore, yes, then then you think potentially I, there's yeah, of course, there's people can yeah. change, people can change, countries can change, leadership can change, and we've seen so much change that I don't think it's crazy that things will continue to change. But I do think it's crazy that uh, we had this massive attack and now this massive war, and uh, it seemed like there there was some progress. I will say that the the progress was way too slow and and not enough. But mm-hmm. um, it seems that we've gone decades back backwards in this conflict uh, since the October seventh attack. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Uh at least regarding the relationships, yeah. the relations between specifically the Palestinians and Israel. Yeah. Uh, the relationship with uh, many of the surrounding Arab nations has right. markedly improved. Right. So that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. that I think that's proof that it could happen. Yeah. Um, um, but I want to say, though, like, how long would we have to wait? Would we have to wait another 40, 50, 60 years until something like that happens? Because... It, Until it something took, like the other the other peace a, treaties happened. Yeah, it took a very long time for Egypt to begin to start getting warm to uh, to Israel. It took a very long time for Syria and Jordan to. Uh, to uh, it's not about time. It's about convincing uh, people to to play ball and and to live peacefully. And you convince with with treaties and agreements and uh, monetary uh, deals and. Uh, resource deals and uh, government deals that there's so many avenues uh, towards towards peace and they have to be top people working on on convincing the other side to participate in those peace deals because you know if I, I keep using this uh, you know if, if somebody's robbing a bank and they've got hostages like you, you don't just say like oh, He's a terrorist, so we're not going to talk to him. You have to talk to him, and you can't stop talking to him because he's got people hostage. And the because they are acting, you know, we would say irrationally, and they've declared that their stated goal is to uh, get rid of Israel or, or kill Jews, and they've declared that they will not uh, negotiate uh, for any peace. Um, but... I think that makes it even more important to talk to them. Like just because someone declared something uh, doesn't mean that that can't change. And I think that we must try to get to that change or else what's the point? Because if if we're just going to keep doing this, like, oh, well, we'll just like have every once in a while terrorist attacks and people are going to get killed 
and people are are gonna uh, suffer and people are, are gonna and, and then meanwhile on the Palestinian side they're they're gonna live in absolute shit forever um, the status quo fucking sucks so we have to hope that there's a potential for something better and I don't think we get there by putting our 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 hands over our ears and saying la 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 we're not, we're not going to talk to you until right. you start behaving like normal human beings you have to talk to them even when they're not behaving like normal human beings so i i understand your point and this um this line of thinking has been i mean has been tried for decades you know, i don't he, think i don't think first of all not not maybe not hard enough and even if hard enough but you can't stop trying there's no I don't think there's any reason to stop trying. And even even after the many different violations and uh, rejections of either peace deals or um, or accords or things like that, which just continuously led to more people dying. Yeah, I don't think you can stop trying. I think this sh- it should be their number one priority is to figure this out. They mm-hmm. can't have an, yeah. a, a, an enemy at their doorstep forever. <sighs> And at the same time, occupy them, and and they are are suffering. Everybody's suffering. And if if you're Israel, your number one priority should be to resolve this situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even if they keep rejecting it, even if they keep, uh, you know, uh, n- not respecting the rules of the agreements or or whatever. I don't think the answer is to say uh, we give up because. Uh, um, I mean, giving up is just. I don't. I don't think that it is acceptable to give up. I I understand that, but I think that Hamas has to be neutralized. Yeah, before, that's a different before, conversation. Before I'm, any before any talks like that happen with them, because but it's not before any talks like that. This is a new thing from October seventh, but the uh, these talks should have been happening up until now. I'm not saying right now. Right now is not the time for for talks, let's say. Um, but until two months ago, until a month ago, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do have a lot more about yeah. specifically about that uh, in my <laughs> all right. In my paper. We're definitely going to do a part but, two on this. Yeah, Renell, we're getting to the end of the time. I want to thank you again for joining me. Uh, yeah. Before you leave, what is one thing if you had to choose one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know about? part one of this topic about part one <laughs> well about what we've spoke about so far just a, just another like just general facts about this yeah what's like a takeaway message well uh the takeaway message from this is that um is that people shouldn't be so uh quick to declare uh declare these absolute or generalized statements about who who's right, who's wrong, like what, what exactly is going on in this conflict. I, I will say, I will declare openly, I am, I'm pro-Israel. I will stand with Israel uh, until the end uh, in this conflict, and I hope they wipe out Hamas. But, but you have to understand, even if you're pro-Israel, you have to understand that Israel's made a lot of mistakes in the past too. There, there have been many... Um, many problems uh, with Israeli policy regarding the Arab states as well. But but I think that people who try to morally equate the two sides, I think that's wrong. I think it's wrong. I think that 
to try to morally equate the Israeli government with a with an organization like Hamas, who who openly advocate for for genocide, uh, is just it's 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 just a, a very erroneous and uh, misguided uh, view to have. Like trying to split down the middle and say that both sides are equally morally wrong in this. It's just it's not a productive uh, viewpoint. I don't think. Now I know. 